You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Daubert. Um, This episode, we also have a special guest, uh, Destiny Legardo from Phillies Nation, and we're going to just hop into uh, some pretty big recent news. The Phillies hired Dave Dombrowski to be their president of baseball operations. So we're going to talk about pretty much all the reactions having to do with that. Um, But uh, Ty, how you doing? I'm good. Like you said, there's some big news recently. Dave Dombrowski was hired, just like you said there. Phillies finally, it seems, have somewhat of a clearer direction, I would say. It looks like they're trying to, as Scott Boris said, the Phillies don't hire Dave Dombrowski unless they're trying to win, unless they're trying to win now. So that's, I guess, encouraging from a Phillies standpoint that they do want to win right now. They hired someone that has had an emphasis on winning throughout his career. So it'll be it'll be fun to get into. But like you said, we have our special guest, Destiny. And Destiny, how are you doing? What are just some of your initial thoughts on the hiring of Dave Dombrowski by the Phillies. I'm doing very well. I I think the hiring is a pretty strong hire. Um, initially, I would admit I had a, a strong reaction to it. I kind of got caught into this idea that he gives away prospects and he kind of leaves your, your system in a not good spot. But when you apply a little bit of logic to it, the whole purpose of playing baseball is to win a championship at some point. I think the Phillies have a much better chance in the next few years with Dombrowski leading the way yeah I, mean, I think that's a good point especially like in the context of where the Phillies are um like they're coming out of a rebuild in which they didn't really do a great job of of getting a lot of prospects and stuff the the farm system I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's barren um but there's not a, a ton of, of high level prospects or anything um and really when you look at their roster it's it's Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola and Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper and Alec Boehm, like all in their prime. I mean, Boehm, I know is, is younger, but but the other four guys, they're in their primes. They're only under contract for the next three or four years other than Harper. So uh, unless they like go all in to win in these next couple of years, it's not going to happen for them for a while, or it's very unlikely to happen for a while. So I agree. Like, yeah, the, the point of, of, of playing baseball is, is to win and um, like hiring Dombrowski, who's, who's won everywhere he's been, he's built, uh, like contending teams, even in Detroit. Like I know they never won, but they easily could have. They, that team was awesome and and stacked. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree. It's it's and, about go ahead. And the and the thing about him is that yeah, he's given away prospect, not given away, but he's traded prospects. Most of the trades he's made have not been like awful from giving away prospect standpoint. The, he mentioned in his press conference giving away Eugenio, Eugenio Suarez, and that's really one of the only ones that you can think of that was like, oh, he gave away a really good prospect that didn't get enough in return. Randy For Johnson. The, that like... too, but still, <laughs> that like he said in the press conference, they got Mark Langston, and he was really good. So for the most part, if they are giving away good prospects, they're, he's gotten really good players in return. Look at Chris Sale. He helped Red Sox win a World Series. So for the most part, he's when he's giving up the really good prospects, he's getting a decent return. And 
if he's or the other trades are he's giving up prospects that didn't really pan out and that's kind of the way that it worked with the Phillies like 10-ish years ago when they were really good they did not give up any prospects that were of note other than Carlos Carrasco he's the only one that really had a, a good major league career that I can think of off the top of my head Jonathan VR is okay but yeah, yeah, but you're right. it's, it's Carrasco. Part, no, you're you're right. For the most part, they didn't give up too much, and kind of like with Ruben Amaro Jr.'s front office, it's it's the same thing with Dave Dombrowski's front office. The issue isn't trading the prospects; it's making sure you can draft and find other prospects when you trade the other ones. Because if you're you can get away with trading prospects, especially if they're not going to pan out for the other teams, as long as you can still draft. And I think the Phillies have made enough improvements in player development and scouting and, and things like that in recent years that I think even if you're going to trade some prospects, you can get away with it, especially if you're, it's going to make sense for the major league roster. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people are kind of worried about Dombrowski's record with younger players. I'd, I know a lot of the beat writers are saying no matter who's hired, Brian Barber's in charge of scouting and, and drafting. So yeah, th- they won't completely you know, get rid of the the, pro- the the progress that they made, you know, in drafting the last few years. So I, I think that's that's something for Phillies fans to be excited about. Yeah, and another thing with Dombrowski, it's it's like that, that he's, you know, left these teams um, in like financial disarray, I guess is what people would say. Um, you know, people say he cost the Red Sox Mookie Bets, um, and John all that, Henry, like John like, Henry, cost. I was just listen, yeah, exactly. yeah, that's, that's a narrative that people need to rid themselves of. Like, it's it's the ownership. Like, listen, you're gonna once once players aren't once they have seven years of service time and, and they're free agents, like, you have to pay them. And, and sometimes that those contracts might not work out for you, but that's what you like to get good players. You have to pay them, and that's what uh, Dombrowski is willing to do, or has shown willingness to do, is is give uh, you know good sized contracts to good players, and and that's there's nothing wrong with that. So, I, it, yeah, it's been a formula for good teams, as we've seen with him. He's also had some good teams on not as big a budget. I mean, you look at uh, you know the Marlins, and I, I guess kind of with the Expos as well. He's put together, helped put together some good teams without being, you know, spending on as many players as maybe the Red Sox did a few years ago. But, yeah, if you want to win, like, signing good players, even if it's for a lot of money, will usually not hurt. Yeah, so um, so that news came out last Thursday. Um, and then I think it was was – it, was it Thursday or was it Wednesday? Um, it was Wednesday. We put Wednesday. out our last podcast and then all our takes yeah. immediately were very cold. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I remember Ty saying that they're not going to sign any, or they're not, not going to sign yeah, any president. We spent the whole, whole episode talking about how they're not hiring anyone, but uh, uh, <laughs> they hired him and then it was like officially announced on Friday and they had the, the press conference on Zoom. Uh, did you have any like big takeaways from anything Dombrowski said? I think the big takeaway, well, first of all, I was a little surprised that Middleton wasn't there. And I think that was a really smart call from the Phillies PR department, because if he was there, Middleton would field questions on the budget. And that's, you know, they made it pretty clear that that's not really set this year. And um, and Middleton's been getting a lot of criticism in the media. So um, I feel like this is a shift between, you know, Middleton being the voice of the franchise to Dombrowski. And I 
I think that's that's pretty big because Dombrowski's had a pretty long history of you know being good at talking to the media and kind of having a concise message kind of like with them hiring Joe Girardi like you know you pay them a lot of money and part of it is you know speaking to the media but um I would say like I guess that would be my biggest takeaway from that is it's it was very different from the Andy McPhail press conference and there's a big reason why um only the media saw that and it's because it was a disaster and they wanted to show off Dombrowski and obviously you know he's a lot better at talking to the media than Andy McPhail yeah um one one thing I I know that uh Dombrowski talked about was the idea that the Phillies aren't they're not one player away. They're not two players away from, from a championship level team. And that he said, you know, they're not going to rebuild, but they're going to retool. So do you see that? Like, how do you see that impacting this off season? And then, you know, kind of manifesting over the next um, couple of years. I pretty much think that doesn't mean they're going to, you know, trade their young prospects away for, you know, a Francisco Lindor or a Nolan Arenado, even though that doesn't really make much sense. So, I know you've been saying all along, they don't need to make any kind of trades to improve this team. They just need to spend a little more money to get uh, the team to where they need to be in 2021. So I I just think it pretty much signals that, you know, a lot of people were worried that they weren't going to spend any money at all this season. I think they will um, just how much um, it remains to be seen, but retold to me, it just means filling a few holes. Yeah, and I, I agree in that that like makes sense in the context of this offseason. They're not at a point where they should be um, trading for a bunch of really. I mean, Lindor, Arenado, Arenado's opt out is next year, right? So like these are all guys who could be free agents next year. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, I I would think the retool is kind of like kind of like what you both said, just filling holes instead of making huge splashes. But at the same time, I mean, if the right trade pops up, I don't think they would necessarily turn it down just because, uh, you know, they're worried about building a team one certain way. Like if there was a player that they really targeted, they really want, especially with Real Muto, a free agent right now. And if they end up going a different direction and there's a trade to be made for a really good all-star level player, I think they could make it if, as long as the terms are right. Yeah, I was thinking of a scenario where the Yankees lose out on DJ LeMahieu and then they shift their attention to JT Realmuto and it's clear that the Yankees are beating the Phillies in the bidding war and they turn to the Phillies and say, what can you give me for Gary Sanchez? And the Phillies trade for Gary Sanchez and Realmuto goes to New York. So I, I think, you know, Dave, with Dave Dombrowski, the team can also get really creative with, you know, these kinds of deals not for you know I, I really don't think they'll they'll trade for a superstar but they they could do something that you know a lot of us aren't predicting that they will do hey I, I did predict I don't know if I predicted but I did suggest <laughs> they should trade for Gary Sanchez before I think yeah. that would be I think that would be really really cool he just hit an absolute tank in the winter league in the Dominican winter league that I saw <laughs> the other day so it's looking uh, like he's back. He hits he hits the ball so hard, and I know he wasn't good last year, Gary, but his underlining numbers are good. pretty incredible. Yeah, he, he hit, hits the ball just ridiculously hard. 
and he's not he's not that bad defensively but I think I think on this subject we should talk about um the James or the the Mets signed uh James McCann this week um so that means pretty much for the Phillies if they don't sign JT Realmuto I mean it's it's one thing if McCann's there because that that would be the easy fallback but they don't have that anymore I think um you know you, you can talk about Yadier Molina I feel like he's going to go back to the Cardinals um but but what's your take on on the situation with with Real Muto and and what the Phillies will have to do if if like you said you know maybe the Yankees or or another team if if they lose out on him to to someone else well Joe Girardi made it pretty clear in his press conference on Monday that the team only has um one MLB ready catcher on the roster and that's Andrew Knapp so they're not gonna um, they're not going to have Knapp and Marshawn as the two catchers come opening day, whenever that is. So they're going to have to sign a catcher or they're going to have to trade for a catcher, you know? Um, so, yeah, my take is that, you know, once these second or, or third tier level catchers start, you know, getting off the board, they're going to have to pursue Ramuto aggressively. Um, and that can mean maybe even paying a little more than they, they would like, or, we really don't know how this market is going to, is going to pan out. So, you know, with that, you know, the, the catcher market should probably move a little bit quicker after McCann signing and hopefully Ramuto's market starts to come to fruition after McCann goes to the Mets. Yeah. And with McCann, he was kind of like the, the obvious backup plan. Like Johnny said, it kind of leaves like the ball is definitely in the Phillies court right now. Like it's up to them to make it happen because you know, they are obviously, so obviously the team that makes the most sense for Real Muto. Like, that pairing just makes the most sense. They were together already. The Phillies, you know, like you said, the manager believes they have one major league catcher in the organization right now. They need a catcher. Real Muto is really, really good, and he wants to get paid from somewhere. And the Phillies have the need for, one, his, his bat, and two, his defense and his ability to play a lot of games at catcher because they don't have anyone that's probably ready to play a ton of games at catcher. So it just makes the most sense. And it's, it's really up to them to get it done. Like they made the trade and I know, you know, sunk cost fallacy. You don't want just because you made the trade to get him doesn't, doesn't mean you have to sign him at all costs or whatever, but it's really up to them. They, I think they know that they kind of need them, need him at this point. And it's going to be up to them to just give them the contract that will, that will get it done. Yeah. And I, I hate to like rehash this again, but it really points to the failure. I, I know you talked about some cost and everything, but it, it points to the failure of, of like before last, last off season, you know, them being unwilling to engage in, in extension talks because they didn't want to go over the luxury tax. Like they wanted to wait to give him an extension. Like um, who knows, who knows what they could have. I'm not saying they definitely could have, could have signed him to an extension, but like that thought process, if that ends up, that could either end up costing, you know, him, you know, them, him going elsewhere, or it could just end up costing them more money because um, you know, I feel like he has more leverage in this situation probably. They, you know, so um, you guys have any other, other thoughts? I think having Dombrowski probably makes it a little more likely that they get Real Muto back. I mean, Dombrowski, obviously, like we said, he, he likes really good players, like star level players and all stars. 
and he, he's liked acquiring them throughout his entire career for the most part. So I can't see him coming into Philadelphia and just being completely fine with JT Realmuto walking, walking away from the Phillies. I think he's going to do whatever he can, trying to get John Middleton to sign off on whatever contract the, they'll need to give him. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I also think um, Middleton might also have, you know, he might grant Dombrowski a little bit more money than he would if, you know, if he kept Ned Rice, because he probably has a little more confidence in his ability to spend money, uh, spend money the right way. So I, I, I do think with Dombrowski coming in, there's a better chance that they sign JT Realmuto. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with that. And, um, you know, I, I know, like, when John Middleton spoke at the end of last season, he said, he, he was asked about payroll, and he said, you know, I don't know about fans and all this. And, and obviously, we have no idea. There was news yesterday that the uh, Major League Baseball is trying to push the season back, or the owners are trying to push the season back a month. But, you know, if there's a vaccine widely available, and there can be fans in the stands, um, if they're confident about that being able to happen, I do think that could also um, potentially have an impact on Middleton's willingness to spend. Um, but, but we'll see about that. Um, in other Phillies rumors news, uh, yesterday, uh, John Morosi reported that they were interested in Jackie Bradley Jr., who um, was on the Red Sox center fielder. Uh, now, before we really get into it, I need this to, to read this quote from uh, Scott Boris, uh, tweeted by Tyler Kepner. Um, so he said, JBJ is like PBJ. He's sweet and smooth and he spreads it all over and covers it well. So uh, any, any thoughts on that quote before we really get into it? I, I don't really, really know what it means. I don't know what it means exactly. <laughs> I don't know he, what compelled him to say that. He was definitely trying to talk about his, his defense, like him able, being able to cover ground and all of that. But it just, it didn't really, like, uh, it didn't work, I don't think. Um, the greatest Boris moment is when Garrett Cole did not pitch game seven of the world series. He was in the locker room post game wearing the Boris corporation hat when he was ready to, to become a free agent. That's the all time Scott Boris moment right there. But yeah. his quotes are also up there. What did, what did he, he called it Harper's bazaar or whatever. And oh then he was like, yeah. And he also might play first base if the Yankees are in on him. <laughs> Maybe Harper can catch. Um, he could play so, third base. He could, he hey, could he play cut, wherever. He caught, he caught in high school and college. So uh, anyway, on 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 Jackie Bradley Jr., um, obviously the Phillies have holes this season at catcher. They have one at – they arguably have one at shortstop, and they have one maybe in center field. So um, obviously Adam Hazley and Roman Quinn played a lot of center field last year. Scott Kingery is probably actually better defensively than them at center field, obviously, but he struggled at the plate. So uh, Destiny, do you – see them like pursuing us like obviously they're interested in, in Bradley but do you see them signing um, a center fielder and kind of pushing Quinn and Hazley to the bench or you know maybe trading them or, or or how do you see this this working out I think it would be a good fit in Philadelphia I'm not sure if they'll actually sign him I, I think a, another team will probably be more willing to pay the money for him but if they do sign him I think it's a good indication where the Phillies budget is because if you think about it they have you know they have to rebuild a bullpen they need a catcher I think they need another infielder they could use you know some bench bats they could use a, a four starter and then 
you know, they also have a hole in center field. So it's a matter of like, with the budget they have, which holes do they fill? And I believe if they're willing to um, cut the budget, even by just, you know, $10 million, they might forego um, signing a center fielder. Because I think that should be probably the hole with the least uh, priority to fill. So I do think if they if they pursue Jackie Bradley Jr. seriously, I think it's an indication that they're willing to spend a good amount of money this offseason. Yeah, I would agree there. Um, the thing about, about Bradley is that he obviously played for Dave Dombrowski's team that won the World Series in 2018 with the Red Sox. And Dave Dombrowski also seems to have this kind of cool bit going where he'll just reacquire the same players that were good for him before. And I know like that's happened before, but there are some, some pretty big examples. I mean, he hired Jim Leland to manage a couple times. He traded for David Price with one team and then signed him with another. He acquired J.D. Martinez with the Tigers and then signed him with the Red Sox. Like, maybe just... Cabrera. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what the... I don't know if the timelines match up right. with the, with Florida, but he, I think that Cabrera was probably in the organization at the same time as Dombrowski. I don't know that for sure, but it it just seems like, you know, if there's a player he's familiar with and he knows they're good, he'll go get that player. So maybe he does the same with Jackie Bradley Jr. I think more, I think more, you know, executives should do that. Just go get the best players that you already had before. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think uh, it's, I don't know, like, I, I don't know if, if center field or if like that middle infield spot is less of a, it, it really depends on like, would they rather have, I know they probably don't want Kingery playing every day, but if they're only willing to sign like one of those positions, if that, the budget only allows for that, it's, it, it comes down to, would they rather have Kingery have to play shortstop or center field um, unless they want, Segura at shortstop, but I, I, I do think, um, personally, I think Kingery's probably better off in center field, and they're probably better off, you know, maybe bringing back Gregorius or signing, signing Simeon to a, a one-year deal or, or whatever it may be, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see on that. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this feels like maybe two off-seasons, three off-seasons in a row, right, at, at this point, but Kingery's ability to play a few different positions really gives the team a few different options if, if they want to add like, and Segura too. Yeah. I was going to say Segura too. They, they can go a few different directions if they're not willing to fill every single hole um, externally. If, if they have to, you know, fill one of those holes with, with Kingery himself or something like that. Uh, the positional versatility does give them some, some different options and they can be in on players of a few different positions because of that. I think they also have to take into account that the DH might not return in 2021. So I do think if you sign a shortstop, you put Segura at second, which is, that's his best position. Then maybe you move Kingery to center field. You could have this, you know, super platoon with Hazley and, and Quinn. And then you also have to take into account that McCutcheon can't play full time. So Hazley will need some reps in left field, maybe Maybe even Roman Quinn has has reps in left field, and they have Kyle Garlick. Like, who, I know he had a season-ending injury, um, so I, I wouldn't even know if he's ready for opening day. But yeah, when when they're making these signings, they have to consider the possibility that there might not be a designated hitter next year. I think Kyle Garlick has gotten a bad rep from 
Phillies fans. He was really good for the Dodgers and the minor leagues. And he just, he, you know, extremely small sample size. And I saw some people, some Phillies fans on, on Twitter and stuff. being like, who is this Kyle Garlic guy? He's really bad. Like, no, he, he could hit in the minor leagues. I That was a good pickup for the Phillies last year. It just didn't pan out exactly yeah. how they thought. Remember the, the play against the Mets at City Field where he's, like, trying to track down that fly ball and he, like, turns around three times? Yeah, that didn't – him and Hazley, like, did the same thing yeah. in the same series. Yeah, right? back-to-back days, yeah. Three outfielder looked terrible in that yeah. series. Harper was in center, I believe, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think – all right, all right, back to Bradley for a second. I think that is a – huge plus to signing him is he can cover so much ground he's one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball um and like he's he's shown an ability to hit sometimes even if he can't hit though uh you have McCutcheon in left uh, and Destiny you mentioned he's a little bit slower especially last year I mean at some points it was kind of brutal um so having Bradley out there being able to cover some more ground I don't think any of Hayes either of Hazley or, or Quinn are above average they might not even be average in center field um and really the the Phillies defense the past several seasons has been one of its biggest killers so I think adding like you know a really good defensive player is is uh, a smart move forget even just the defense they the Phillies in each of the last three seasons 2018 2019 2020 they were uh competing for playoff spots and they have not had a reliable center fielder since 2017 like they have not had anyone that they could look at that position and kind of expect what they're getting every single day since 2017 when Odubel Herrera was there and he had a decent season. I mean, in 2018, he, um, he started off really hot and then was very bad for most of the rest of the season. In 2019, he was arrested and suspended and then they kind of had to go a few different routes throughout the rest of that season with Kingery and some other players getting time there. And it was kind of a, kind of a platoon thing again, this past season. They, I I think having an everyday player in center field in center field would be a nice thing for this roster and lineup, but kind of like this, kind of like what destiny said a little bit earlier, it does feel like it's probably a little bit less of a priority than some other spots. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that is going to do it for this episode of the Philly Station podcast. Um, you know, maybe some more rumors and, and stuff will come out this next week and we'll talk to you next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.